Welcome to The Well Podcast. We pray that this message ministers to you and blesses you as you listen. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and get started. Welcome. Y'all made it back. So um, you can feel free to, you know, get up and get a snack and sit back down and that kind of thing. It's definitely classroom style. Um, So, and I have an extra packet somehow for whomever may need that. I think it's amazing that so many of you are here tonight. Um, it just shows that your hunger is not just for a move of the Spirit, but it's also hungry for knowledge and understanding. And I think that that is a really beautiful, um, beautiful thing. And so it's wonderful because this morning we got to have a beautiful move of His Spirit. And then tonight we're looking for an impartation of knowledge and, uh, and understanding from um, from the Father. So we're going to jump right in. I'm eager as probably anticipating as much as you are how tonight's going to go. So lots of preparation um, has been done. So let's just pray. So Father, we thank you for for the Holy Spirit, we thank you for the gift that he is to us, that we thank you for the gift that he is to the kingdom of God. We thank you for the work of the Holy Spirit in our life. And so tonight, as we increase our understanding and we increase our knowledge, we just uh, believe that through that, that the Holy Spirit will be manifest in even greater measure in our lives and upon our lives. And because of that, it will penetrate the darkness in the world the darkness around us, and uh, and it will minister to the souls of the lost. It will build your kingdom, Father. So we thank you for that. And we step into this with uh, hunger and a desire to know more. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so... So I'm going to talk, just for clarification purposes, I'm going to talk just a minute about the different categories of gifts. So we're actually going to talk about the nine gifts of the Spirit, which are considered the manifestation gifts. Okay, so those are the way that the Holy Spirit manifests itself, produces itself in us and through us. But there are other areas in the Bible that the term gift is used. And a couple of those areas are ministry gifts, which would be like the five-fold ministry. Those are considered gifts to to the church. The apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the teacher, and the pastor. So those are also considered gifts. And then if you look further in, there are a list of motivational gifts as well. That's used, uh, that term is used in scripture as well, like uh, the gift of helps and hospitality and 
um, administration and leadership. Those are also listed in the New Testament. But tonight, we're going to talk specifically about the nine gifts of the Spirit, the manifestation gifts of the Spirit. So I just want to start with this passage of Scripture in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. And this is um, actually out of the NIV, and it says, Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. And so these are not just for us. These gifts are not for us. They're for us to use, to encourage, to equip, to edify others. And, uh, and in turn, that also happens within ourselves. So I gave you a handout. And at the top of that handout, it has the scripture references of 1 Corinthians 12 and 1 Corinthians 14. There are going to be other scriptures that I'm going to reference, but those are the main passages of scripture that you're going to um, hear me pull from and draw from. My desire is, for, is to teach for a while um, and, then, and then allow you an opportunity to share or to ask questions and then um, teach a little longer and do the same. And then I would like for us, the goal is that we would have time at the end for anyone that feels like they would like to have activation of the gifts of the Spirit um, in their life. So we want, that's our, that's our work two point, okay? Just so you kind of understand flow and where we're going tonight. So if possible, if you can hold your question till question time, that would be helpful. Only because there are nine gifts and Wade was doing the math because that's who he is. He says, I have six minutes to talk about each one of them. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> I'm probably already behind. <laughs> so grateful for him love him to death I really do it sounded sarcastic but it's not it's the best thing ever I mean how sweet was it see here I'm wasting my six minutes how, how sweet was it for him to be concerned you know like wanting to make sure that I would get through and he's like now how are you planning to do this there are nine gifts and you're you know I really appreciated that I thought that was really nice really sweet of him Okay, so, um, sorry, distracted, <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> thank y'all for laughing. Thank y'all for just being relaxed. I need that tonight. I am so, <sighs> when you receive Christ, <laughs> you receive, <laughs> are you on the phone for real? Sorry. Okay. I'm sure everything is fine. When you receive Christ, you receive an infilling of the Holy Spirit. Right, Bev? Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and when you receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit, he brings with him gifts. He brings with him gifts. Okay. Those are on the inside of us, but oftentimes as believers, we don't activate those gifts that are on the inside that he comes, that he brings with him. And there are definitely places in scripture where it says that, that um, 
that they laid hands on people so that the gifts would be manifest in their lives. And we're gonna, I'm going to give you those scriptures because this is so important. The gifts of the Spirit are really there to equip you and to empower you for the work of the kingdom. Not only that, but they're used as a ministry tool to reach the lost, to heal the brokenhearted, and for all those mandates that are on our life to do for the kingdom of God. So it's, it's important that we allow them to activate. I think what you're going to find out tonight is that many of these gifts are already active in your life. And you just didn't have the language or the terminology to be able to put uh, a, a word to it. Is that super important? It's not. I don't think we're going to get to heaven and God, Jesus is going to have kept tally marks about how many words of knowledge and words of wisdom you shared with your you know, friends and neighbors and that kind of thing. Um, and he's going to be like, you're a little short in the discerning of spirits. You're really going to up your game there. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think that's going to happen. But I do think that being aware that, these, uh, that the Holy Spirit is inside of you and these gifts are inside of you to tap into um, will, will bring some boldness and, and greater understanding. So I'm excited about that piece of it. Okay, so ignorant, when you, look in, when you look up the meaning of that, is lack of understanding. So we don't want to be ignorant of the things of God. We want to have understanding, right? Nobody wants to feel ignorant. They want to feel knowledgeable. They want to have understanding. So tonight, we're seeking understanding. And, uh, and we also need to understand that the Holy Spirit gives these as he wills. I mean, I completely believe that all nine gifts of the Holy Spirit are on the inside of me, and those can be activated at any moment in any situation or circumstance. Um, and then there are passages of Scripture that says to some they, he gives, and to some he gives this, and some he gives that. Uh, but I, um, I am completely of the mindset that that is, in this moment, he gives some access to this particular gift, or in this moment he gives some access to this particular gift. Oftentimes, just laying a little bit of groundwork here, oftentimes these gifts work in tandem with each other or they partner together. Just like in the garden where it said, let's create them in our image, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit work together to create. Um, I believe the same is true with the gifts of the Spirit, that they work together. So oftentimes what may start out, you may be functioning in one gift. You may say that that gift then overflows into the next one. Wouldn't you like to know what all those gifts are? So, also, I believe that the more you are willing and obedient, you can expect increase in the area of gifting. And we talked about that this morning. If you're here, we said it's about being obedient and giving your yes. And the more often that you are willing to do that, it will, you will see those gifts begin to function and flow in your life more fluidly, more fluidly. Okay, so on your worksheet, there are categories. And the first category says uh, revelation gifts. And I'm just going to roll through these really quickly, and then we're going to talk about each one of them. Oh, right there. So the revelation gifts are the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and discerning of spirits. The power gifts are faith, working of miracles, and gifts of healing. And then you have the vocal and inspiration gifts. They're, 
that term. Some people call it the vocal gifts. Other people call it the inspiration gifts. It doesn't really matter to me which one you call it. And those are prophecy, kind of tongues, and interpretation of tongues. So we're going to look at each one of these individually. So let's pop over to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 if you have your Bibles with you. And if not, you can just listen. I'll try not to move. Am I moving too fast? You can leave that up, then they can jot those down. And I'll read this scripture. I'm going to hop around just a little bit, but mainly just for the sake of time. But I put the scripture references on your worksheet so that you could dive deeper into those passages um, on your own time. I have pulled up here a parallel version so that I have the New King James Version for um, reference sake. But I have cross-referenced them with the Passion Translation. And if you guys know me, you know I like the Passion Translation, so I'm just going to read out of it. And um, so this is what it says. It says, my fellow believers, I do not want you to be confused about spiritual realities. Now, if you look in the New King James Version, that's where it uses the word ignorant. And uh, it says, um, in the New King James Version, it says, now, concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. So, what he's saying there in the Passion Translation, it says confused. We want to have knowledge. We want to have understanding. For you know full well that when you were unbelievers, you were often led astray in one way or another by your worship of idols, which are incapable of talking with you. Therefore, I want to impart to you an understanding of the following. No one speaking by the Spirit of God would ever say Jesus is the accursed one. No one can say Jesus is the Lord uh, Yahweh unless the Holy Spirit is speaking through them. The edification of the Spirit. So, here we go. In verse 4, it says, It is the same Holy Spirit who continues to distribute many different varieties of gifts. The Lord Yahweh is one, and he is the one who apportions to believers different varieties of ministries. The same God distributes different kinds of miracles that accomplish different results through each believer's gift and ministry as he energizes and activates them. Did you see that? As he works those gifts. As he works those gifts to accomplish different results through each believer's gift and ministry as he energizes it and activates them. Each believer is given continuous revelation by the Holy Spirit to benefit not just himself but all. For example, the Spirit gives to one the gift of the word of wisdom. To another, the same gift, the same Spirit gives the gift of the word of revelation knowledge. And another, the same Spirit gives the gift of faith. And to another, the same Spirit gives gifts of healing. And to another, the power 
to work miracles, and to another the gift of prophecy, and to another the gift of discern, to discern what spirit is speaking, and to another the gift of speaking different kinds of tongues, and to another the gift of interpretation of tongues. Remember, it is the same Holy Spirit who distributes, activates, and operates these different gifts as he chooses for each believer. And then it goes on to talk about that we are one body made up of many parts. So let's just jump in and look at a word of wisdom. A word of wisdom is a revelation gift. And that means that it brings revelation. It brings understanding. That's the, This is something that is said. It's a verbal thing. So it brings revelation. It reveals something. It reveals something. So a word of wisdom is not like Solomon who was just wise, right? He asked for wisdom, so God gave him wisdom and he was wise. Or it's not just someone that, I would say my husband is wise. He's, he's wise about a lot of things. Um, he's, he just knows a lot. He's got a big brain. That's what I always say. He's got a big brain. And it's full and chocked full of a lot of information. But when we talk about the gift of the word of wisdom, it's actually for a specific, typically it's for a specific time. It's not just a continuous flow of wisdom necessarily. But when the spirit comes upon you to work and function in a word of wisdom, it is for a specific moment typically. In Ecclesiastes 10.10, you can write this scripture reference down if you want to. It says, but wisdom is profitable to direct. So a word of wisdom gives direction. It also can be used to warn or to prepare you. And if you get a word of wisdom, then uh, it's an opportunity for you to possibly pray about that, which could then move the hand of God into changing that. A word of wisdom is usually forward-looking. So it's looking forward into the future. And when you are praying about a word of wisdom, if it's something that that is a warning, that it feels like, um, has that ever happened to anybody? Yeah, Kathy's shaking her head. Yeah, so you felt a word of wisdom, kind of uh, something come up in you, and um, and it's uh, forward-looking and... Um, and you're like, and then you can sometimes feel an unction to pray um, in those situations. Um, that's a supernatural. That's a supernatural thing that's taking place. That is the workings of the Holy Spirit in your life that causes that word of wisdom to come up in you. Sometimes it's for yourself. Sometimes it could be for a nation. It could be for a group of people. It could be for someone specific. Uh, I know that that's happened to me before, that I've gotten what would be considered a word of wisdom for someone specific and maybe you would share that word with them or for myself personally. Like if I'm, if, you know, uh, forward looking, I've had dreams that um, although they were dreams, there was, it would, I would definitely consider it a word of wisdom. And in those moments where it was not going to be a good outcome that I knew in that moment I needed to pray, right? I needed to pray against that assignment so that it would not come to pass. So that's how a word of wisdom works. It's forward-looking. Noah got a word of wisdom, right? He got a word. He, he was, what was, what was Noah told? What was he told? To build an ark. Why did he need to build an ark? 
because what was coming, because there was rain coming. They had never even seen rain at that point. They didn't even know what rain was, right? But Noah got a word of wisdom from God telling him to prepare for something that was coming. Right? That's amazing. So if someone operates in a word of wisdom, that does not make them a prophet. But a prophet will operate in words of wisdom. Okay? So just because you get a word of wisdom doesn't mean you're a prophet. But if you are a prophet, then you would operate in a word of wisdom. Got that? All right. Um, I just wrote down a quick scenario of our own. In the spring of, of uh, 2011, God began to speak to my heart about a move that our family was beginning to make. Well, just six months before that, Wade and I had both lost a parent. They had both passed away. And so we weren't looking to make. That was enough transition, you know, for anybody. And so, but in the spring of 2011, I just began to, I heard the Lord say, get ready for a move, which didn't really make a lot of sense because we weren't looking to make a move. And uh, by the end of that year, that December, we moved to Michigan. And so God was showing me something in the future that was going to take place. It was a word of wisdom, and it was something that we could, he was then preparing our hearts for. He was preparing our hearts for that. I, re- I actually remember standing in the, the, where I was when I told Wade about it, standing in the kitchen and being like, a change is coming, you know. And so I'm sure as you think about your own path in your own life, you can probably see those moments where either a word of wisdom has come to you for yourself or for someone that you know. Okay, so word of knowledge. So we've talked about the word of wisdom, which is forward-looking. Now we're going to talk about a word of knowledge. A word of knowledge is a supernatural understanding about a past or current event that you would not have knowledge of. It's as an impression or a feeling in your heart or through intercession. You can also carry this like a burden, a word of knowledge. So sometimes you'll see this work um, in altar ministry where someone will say, can say to, I'm just trying to think of an example, can say to, um, I could say to Brittany, um, Brittany, I see four kids around you. Now, if I didn't know Brittany and I said that to her, then that would be a word of knowledge saying you have four kids, and I would not have knowledge of that. I do have knowledge of that, so therefore that was not a word of knowledge. (laughs) But it would be something like that that you would not have knowledge of about the past or the future. Or if God revealed something to me about your past or your present in a, per, in a particular situation that you're in, and I shared that with you, then that, that is a word of knowledge. Even if I didn't share it with you, he still gave it to me, and maybe it's something I'm just supposed to pray about. So, um, so that is uh, what a word of knowledge is. This is also a witnessing tool. It's actually a great witnessing tool because just think if you could share a word of knowledge with someone. And isn't that exactly what happened to the woman at the well, right? It was a witnessing tool. Jesus used a word of knowledge. And then the very thing that he used on her to touch her heart, she then went back into her community and shared that with them. Because the one thing she said to them is, come out and meet the man that just told me everything about myself. He was functioning in a word of knowledge with the woman at the well. Isn't that something? So it is a great witnessing tool. If God allows you to do that, 
then we want to be sensitive enough to the spirit that we're willing to release that thing. Also, this is a good opportunity for those gifts to work in tandem, the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom, because God may reveal something to you about someone's past, and, and maybe it's a broken place. And so, Tori, I might come to you and I say, I feel like God's telling me that, that you know, you have, I could say all kinds of things, I'm not going to release those things over you, but I could say the things. <laughs> but then, as a word of wisdom came upon me, I could be able to speak to the future of what God is allowing me to see in the future. Does that make sense? Y'all following along? Okay. Number three is the discerning of spirits, the last of the three revelation gifts. And then we'll um, open it up for some questions. The scripture reference for this particular one is 1 Corinthians 12.10. We put the whole list there, but just if you want to know specifically. So the discerning of spirits is um, when you're able to tell how someone is motivated, motivating, motivated, or operating as far as the spirit goes. It could be with a particular person, or it could just be with a situation. So have you ever been around someone where you felt like you could sense a spirit um, connected to or around that person, whether positive or negative? You know, like... Um, or even in like a corporate situation, or at a birthday party, or at work, you come in and you're like, man, it feels so heavy in here. What? It's that discerning of spirits. It's being able to recognize what's going on in the, in the atmosphere. What spirit is at play in the atmosphere or in the moment? Or what spirit may be um, tormenting someone or giving them a hard time? Or you're talking to someone and all of a sudden you're like, this, they're... I sense that there's a spirit of deception around this situation. That's, that's important to be able to uh, be very sensitive. Discerning of spirits to me is, uh, is a key gift of the Holy Spirit because it, it does allow you so much understanding in a particular situation. Um, even, you know, when, you, when you're dealing with people or... And it's not just about being in a spiritual situation. It could be that you are looking to hire someone for a job or you're looking to be friends with someone and maybe you're, you're meeting with them and as you get to know them, you start to feel this feeling inside of you like maybe this is not, something's not right here and you begin and God maybe begins to feel. It's not just the something's not, but I think that God can give very specific, the Holy Spirit can give very specific uh, reasons why what that spirit may be that's at work there. I do believe that the gifts of the Spirit, especially discerning of spirits, is something that he speaks through our senses on. Now, we don't follow our, our feelings, right, because our heart is fickle, and we know that it will lead us astray, especially if it's not right, if our heart's not right. But he absolutely uses our senses. And, uh, and so we, we have to be, we have to increase our awareness, which is something we're working on at the well, right? We're working on increasing our awareness of his presence and also of the gifts of the Spirit so that we can be aware of what, uh, what we're facing and, and what the situation is that we're in. Okay, so I'll be careful not to go off track just because I want to get it all out.
So for me personally, uh, discerning of gifts was one of the first gifts of the Spirit that I ever recognized functioning in my life. If you spend much time around me, you're going to know that I read a room a lot. That's why Wade being on the phone earlier was very, very distracting for me because I was trying to figure out who he was talking to and if it was an emergency and what was going on. So I was actually reading the spirit and not, and I was struggling to kind of pay attention. But I'm very sensitive to the room that I'm in. I'm always checking the spirit. And uh, y'all wouldn't want to know what I think about all 18 of y'all. So no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> But if, but that, that's just the way God created me. I am very sensitive to the room, to the atmosphere, to you, to what, what's going on with you. And so what then I find myself in is, is this an opportunity for a word of wisdom to come forth or a word of knowledge? Or what do I do now that I've recognized the spirit that's at play or what's going on in the atmosphere? So I constantly am reading a room in the spirit, constantly. So um, because that was one of the first things that kind of rose up in me, it, it protected me. And I'll tell you of a specific instance that I remember as a teenager, um, and it was inside of the church, and I had this, um, I had just made friends with this, uh, this girl at church, and she was wanting me to come over to her house to hang out. But, I, but in my spirit, I felt this, like, don't do it. Like, I've, and I specifically felt an incest spirit on her. I was 15 years old. And what I later found out is that there, that is exactly what was taking place in that home. And that could have been a trap for me had I chosen to not be sensitive to the spirit. I cannot tell you the number of times that I've been in situations where my, with my kids and we've been in a situation where I've been like, eh, this is not good and this is not right. And I've looked at them even when they were small, and I said, do you feel that? That means we need to go. And we would leave that situation. Uh, too many times I feel like we just blow things off, and we act like it's not a big deal, and we just push through, and then we realize that we should not have done that. We live in a culture that tells us not to trust what we would call in, in culture our instinct. But what we know as believers is not to trust what we feel the Holy Spirit. So then when we come into church, that's the place we want to tap into it. But really, it's not just for those moments. Right, Jen? It's for every moment. It's in every situation. And so I, I find uh, the gift of discernment to be very, very uh, significant in my life. So we're just going to stop right there with the... Uh, before we move on to the power gifts, and I'd love to hear, does anybody have anything they'd like to say, any question or comment or something specific that they'd like to share at this moment? Okay. Yep, I'd say until the burden lifts. Oh, yes, sure. So Jen just asked, if, if I were to have a dream and it would be a word of wisdom, a warning, how long should I pray over that? Uh, you know, because you don't want to feel like you're coming up short, right? The last thing you'd want to do is be like, oh, if I'd have just prayed three more minutes, you know, whatever. 
I think that it's, it comes usually with a heaviness, and once the heaviness lifts, then that, to me, would be a sign that I'm released from needing to pray for that specific situation. And because I am a dreamer, there are many times I've woken, wait up in the middle of the night and said, we need to pray, usually for my kids. We need to pray for Nathaniel, or we need to pray for Sophie, and we'll do that. Anybody else? Sure. Mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Satan, he comes as an angel of light. Right. And it, and it, I mean, it can be so compelling. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm thankful that God opens my eyes and sees too much of Jesus stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, so I know right away when to start to pray. Mm-hmm. And it kept me from leaving with certain dynamics. Yes, yes, yes. Yep. Does anybody else have something they'd like to say about that? Yes, it works through your senses. So anything like that that gives you, we call it a check in the spirit, like a, oh, I feel a check in the spirit about this. Yes. But I do think he can be very specific. The Holy Spirit can be very specific about what the Spirit is as well. Yes.
discerning of spirits. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Well, we're going to move on, and as you guys, you'll have another opportunity to share <laughs> or ask questions. Okay, so number four would be the gift of faith. This is the, one of the power gifts. And if um, a lot of you are at church this morning, and um, I actually said that I felt a spirit of faith in the atmosphere. Uh, and Joanne got super excited. She's like, yeah. <laughs> That's called a confirmation in the spirit, for one, which is really cool when that happens. Um, and so we have the gift of faith. I'm just going to say these three at the same time. The gift of miracles and the gift of healing. Those are the three power gifts. Uh, what was interesting about that is that faith had to rise up. And it's a supernatural, it's, we have, there are different kinds of faith. We have to have faith for salvation, right? We have faith in God, because that's a, a type of faith. We have faith that we're going to flip on the lights if we paid the electric bill and it's going to come on, right? Right, so we have faith in those situations. But this is a particular supernatural measure of faith. And that it's meant to accomplish something very specific from God. Okay? And I would say, for me, that oftentimes precedes the next thing, which would be a miracle or a healing. Sometimes it's the faith that has to rise up, that supernatural feeling of faith that comes on me, that then I can believe for a miracle, or I can believe for healing or breakthrough that faith. Right now, I have that supernatural faith believing for Rich's healing. Um, I just feel that kind of faith to believe that he's going to be healed. I know that I'm not the only one, um, but I believe it. The, the first time we prayed for him, that faith rose up, and I was just like, I could just believe for his healing. And that's that kind of faith that makes no earthly sense but you just know that you can believe for something supernatural. So supernatural faith is what we get to accomplish something inconceivable with man. Like Jesus, he turned water into wine, remember? Or what about that little boy that had his lunch and took those few loaves and fishes and with faith that was multiplied to feed the multitude. There was faith there and the miracle came, but first there had to be faith. Okay, so then we have a working of miracles. So much like faith being a supernatural occurrence, this is the same thing, a miracle uh, the gift of miracle of miracles is a supernatural occurrence beyond our natural understanding. Miracles often bend or completely operate past the natural laws of this world. That's a miracle. 
Let me read that again. A miracle is a supernatural occurrence beyond our natural understanding. Miracles often bend or completely operate past the natural laws of this world. Like, there's no way that could have happened outside of God. Anybody have one of those testimonies? I got a few. I could probably share about y'all and about myself. Miracles that I've seen in your lives that don't make any sense, that don't line up outside of the fact that it was supernatural. It was the Holy Spirit. And then we have gifts of healing. Number six. And we could get down into the nitty-gritty about that that is plural, gifts of healing. So gifts of healing of multiple kinds, healing that can take place in multiple ways. If you do deeper dive research into it, you'll see that there's a connection to the uh, 39 stripes that, that, uh, that Jesus bore and how that connects to uh, some theologians have been able to connect that back to 39 root issues in uh, in our bodies that deal with healing or that need healing, which is pretty incredible. Isaiah spoke of the stripes for healing that Jesus would bear for us. That would be in the Old Testament. There are four types of healing that takes place in Scripture. There are probably more, but these are the four I'm going to share with you tonight. So if you're believing, if you have the faith to believe for healing and you're feeling like the gift of healing is welling up inside of you to believe for healing in a particular person, then we can find promises in the Word of God and we can stand on those promises, believing those promises for the healing. So we can go right to the source, we can go right to the Word, and we can begin to declare that Word over our situation that we need healing for okay the second one is we can stand in agreement with someone for your healing so if I need healing in a particular area then I can ask someone to stand in agreement to pray with me for that particular healing because scripture says we're to agree on one thing that it shall be done Also in Scripture, it says that you can call upon the elders of the church. It says if there are any sick among you, to call upon the elders of the church. Have them anoint you and lay hands upon you, and you shall recover. Then also with this gifts of healing, you can think about, and this is in Luke chapter 8, verse 42 through 48. We can, th- we can look at the story of the woman with the issue of blood. And there was a release that took place, a release of Jesus. He said he felt his virtue leave. Who touched me, he said. Who touched me? So there was an anointing for that healing to take place. And she had faith. She had to have, even though the Holy Spirit was not residing in her, she had faith to move through, right? To believe God for her healing. If I could just touch the hem of his garment, if I could just touch him, I know I'll be made whole. I know I'll be made whole. 
Praise the Lord. <laughs> we just going to have testimony time? Because, yes, that's good. So that feeling of the anointing that brings forth healing with faith. So it's in conjunction with faith. These really do work together. We need that faith to rise up so that when you come up for prayer, you're, you, when you ask someone to pray for you, there's a measure of faith that you have just in that alone, right? If you're asking someone to pray. If you start declaring promises over yourself, there's a, a particular amount of faith that you're extending by, by praying those promises over, over yourself. And in, and in a situation where you actually have someone lay hands on you, then there is, a, there is that measure of faith. The best thing you could have is to be in a faith-charged environment where the Holy Spirit has got the faith so charged up in the environment that when we lay hands on people, that they recover. That they recover. So, anybody have any questions or comments or shares for the power gifts? Um, the gift of faith. Oh, I'm sorry. It would be I, um, finding promises in the word and standing on those and believing those promises for your healing. Anybody have a story they'd like to share of how the power gifts worked? In conjunction in a situation? Yeah. Karen? And how he used the functioning of the Holy Spirit to win them. You know, and this it is true that these gifts are not just for us. They're for the building up and for the edification and, and for the equipping um, of, of us to minister. To minister. Anybody else? Yes, ma'am. On. Yes. Yes. Right. Yes. Which is right where we're at, is it not? I mean, the pump is so primed, the well is so primed. <laughs> it's just incredible. And um, yeah, we know that we're not the only place, but he is doing something really special.
incredible, just incredible. Okay, so I'm going to talk about the vocal or the inspiration gifts. Number seven is the gift of prophecy. So this is not the office of a prophet, which is given as a gift to the body of Christ for the equipping of the saints for the work of the kingdom. That's in Ephesians 4. That is not what this is. This is the gift of prophecy. So the gift of prophecy works in tandem, typically with the gift of knowledge and gift of wisdom. Okay? (laughs) It is possible that a word of wisdom foretells the future and that prophets use that as a gift, which we talked about. A gift of prophecy is, is a gift for the body of Christ. This gift of prophecy is meant to lift and encourage. And Chris Valentin says it like this when it comes to prophecy, is that it should bring out the gold in people. It should never be used to tear people down. It helps them see themselves the way that God sees them. This is oftentimes where it could almost sound like um, prophecy can almost... I heard this story one time where it was this, apparently in this uh, corporate setting, there was this man there and he was, um, he, he was either high or drunk or he was under the influence. And, and this word of prophecy came out specifically for this, this gentleman. And it was like, I see you as leading nations to God. And this whole declaration about who he was but yet to look at his current situation, you would have said, there's no way. But see what prophecy does. That gentleman then came to Christ following that because it didn't just tell him about how awful he was, but he began to see who he could be, who, how Jesus sees him. And so that's how the gift of prophecy works. It pulls out the gold. It pulls out the good in people. It pulls out the God in people. That's how gift of prophecy works. Uh, yeah, I could just go around the whole room there, and that would be fun, actually. <laughs> and tell you all the things that God thinks about you. And so that's what prophecy, uh, the gift of prophecy, is meant for. It edifies. It builds, it builds up and encourages. It's a word of exhortation. Let me just give you a full sentence. It's exhortation, which is lifting people up. Edifying builds them up and encourages them. Gift of prophecy has a strong ability to bring healing on the inside of people. Healing often starts on the inside and works its way out to the outside. It's a way to connect the love of God to the love of God. Because as people begin to hear what God thinks about them and how he sees them, it can't, it cannot begin, it cannot not begin to change us <laughs> and impact us and begin to see us in ways that we maybe not presently are able to see ourselves. 
Okay, any questions there? Any comments? Anybody got anything they want to add? Okay. Oh, yes. Well, when you look at Old Testament prophets, oftentimes they were the voice of God. I'm going to stumble over this a little bit, but I'll do my very best. So Old Testament prophets were the voice of God. But see, now we all carry the Holy Spirit within us. So we are able to hear the voice of God in and of ourselves. So New Testament prophet... Um, isn't just the voice, isn't the only voice of God. So a New Testament prophet is able to function all the nine gifts of the Spirit, obviously, um, but they also are able to speak to and see um, and um, receive manifestations in the physical and in the Spirit. And so um, it's, such, it's such a big, I'm afraid I'm going to not do it justice, um, but it gives them the ability to, uh, to foretell, and it's foretelling and forthtelling. So they see things, and then they can create things with their words, typically. It's foretelling and forthtelling, New Testament prophet. Anybody want to, you want to add something to that? Okay. Anybody else want to add? New Testament prophets are foretelling and forthtelling. Yes, ma'am. The gift of prophecy. Yes, I think that's good. Mm-hmm. That is good. Yep. That's Anna, for those that don't know. <laughs> yes. And that is true. Much like all of these, it comes upon you for a specific moment in a specific time. That's why I was saying that um, he gives it at his will. The Holy Spirit gives it at his will. And so it does. Very good. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am. Yes. Yes, it is. Yes, amen. Yes, and uh, we're going to talk about 1 Corinthians 14 if we get there <laughs> because it's very important. Um, and as, as a matter of fact, it's going to come up in, uh, as we talk about diverse tongues. So diverse tongues or speaking in tongues, speaking in different languages, different types of tongues. There are two main reasons Two main reasons um, 
that, I'm not sure I want to go there. So let let me just back up and let me just talk about the different ways that uh, tongues are used. So it can be used, obviously, as a prayer language. And um, it's, there's so, it's so diverse, really. It is interesting that it says diverse tongues because it really is. And depending upon how you function and flow in the kingdom, your prayer language could look really different. Uh, if you're called to intercession, your prayer language may change from prayer to prayer. It may not always sound the same. And um, your prayer language, as you use it, kind of grows as you grow as well. It can grow and change. And um, uh, if I'm being truly transparent, at one point I asked God if he could just change mine because I didn't like it. I didn't like the way it sounded. Is that ridiculous or what? <laughs> I did, though. I asked him. Um, I came to terms with it. We're good, We're good now. <laughs> hey. He's my father. He gives good gifts, you know, whatever. Just being real with you. Um, But I didn't pick it is what I'm saying. I didn't pick it, right? It was a gift he gave to me, and I didn't pick it. So um, I just flow with it. I just flow with it. This, um, so there's well more than two. (laughs) So you have it for your prayer language. Um, Also, it's direct fellowship with God, it gives you direct communication with the Father. Also, it builds up God's presence in the atmosphere. When you get over into your prayer language or you get over into uh, speaking in tongues and you do that, it builds up the atmosphere. It builds up His presence in the atmosphere. I think it also increases our sensitivity to the Spirit. And when it is released in a corporate situation, um, and tongues are being utilized in a corporate situation, this is not interpretation, tongues with interpretation, this is just tongues. I think it creates an atmosphere for deliverance. It creates an atmosphere for people to be delivered. When you are functioning in diverse tongues or in your uh, speaking in tongues, there does not need to be an interpretation of that. And uh, it's, it's just not... You know, some people, I guess maybe... It confuses the enemy in a sense, right? Because it's not, it is a heavenly language. It's, it's given from heaven. It's a heavenly language. It's not meant for the enemy to understand. So it kind of confuses the enemy in a sense. And so we like that, right? We like to keep him confused because um, he's always trying to run us down. Okay, so we're going to move cause, just because I think that they work together. Interpretation of tongues. So only a sign tongue needs to be interpreted. 
And this is something that I think is really important. And this is a level of maturity that I feel like we need to grow into as believers is that your gift or the gifting that rises up within you is subject to the carrier of that gift. Okay? That, and that, that, is, that means a couple things. That means that uh, I can choose to release that gift in that moment or I can choose not to. I, that means that I have the ability to decide when it's going to come forth. Right? Is this the appropriate time or is this not the appropriate time for this gift to come forth? I'm sorry. Uh, only a sign tongue needs to be interpreted. So only like if it's a tongue that is being released for an interpretation. Uh I'll be honest with you, I don't see this function very much up here in the north. I'm not really sure. (laughs) Um, From the house I came from, it functioned a lot more. There were more tongue and interpretations given. I don't think it's not because God doesn't, the Holy Spirit doesn't desire to function in that capacity, but I think we don't have the knowledge and the understanding of of what that is or when it's the appropriate time to do that. But sometimes what will happen is that there will be someone speaking in tongues and then they or someone else in the group will feel like that they have a word that comes into their spirit. And oftentimes you won't get the whole word. You may just get a part of it. But if you begin to release it, just like Moses had to step into the Red Sea, you know, he had to put his staff down um, in order for the Red Sea to part. We've got to have a step of faith and a step of obedience to be able to open our mouths to then release the word. And what you'll find is that the Holy Spirit will then fill your mouth and your spirit with what else is to come forth. I'm not saying that's always the case, but I would say that have faith, especially as we want to begin to see this gift function and flow in the house, and we do want to see it because we know that it's for the building up of the kingdom, right? We know that. And so, so if, it is a not, if it is part of the Holy Spirit, then why would we want to quench any part of his nature? And we don't want to quench that. Um, so, so I believe that this is important for us as a body to, to learn and to understand because it could be trying to function in our house, but we're holding back on it. If I'm given a transparent moment again, in my younger days as a Christian, this was the part that I was most intimidated by. I was most intimidated by this part of the gifts of the Spirit. I was like, oh, Lord, don't ever ask me to do that. Like, uh, I, don't want, I, don't want, I don't want to do either end. Like, I don't want to give the tongue, and I don't want to give the interpretation. Well, he's not going to let me function like that then. If I, don't, if I got the I don't want us, then that's, he's like, fine, you know? But I, I don't feel that way anymore, you know? I'm like, however you want to use me, let just use me, right? Um, and uh, and so, so tongue and interpretation is really important. And it's important for the unbeliever. The interpretation is important for the unbeliever. And in um, 1 Corinthians 14, it talks a lot about uh, order. It talks a lot about order and function of the gifts of the Spirit and how, how they should flow. And, and it says in there, in 1 first, first Corinthians 14, that there should not be a tongue given without an interpretation. But the reason, if you look at the context, and the reason that it says that doesn't mean that we shouldn't speak in tongues in church. It just means that it would be ridiculous of me to stand up here and speak in tongues for 30 minutes without there ever being an interpretation of that. 
right? Because the unbeliever would have no idea what I'm saying. And that's not going to edify the body. That's not going to encourage or lift up. But there are many times, uh, I just love it when I just know all these little stories. So I'm just going <laughs> to share a little story. So um, we have intercessory prayer teams. Okay, if I share this story, you and Bev, I'm going to share about. Okay. Okay. So Bev will sometimes. Huh? Okay. Oh, yay. That means so much to me. So I believe that Bev, was, which she does, sings in the Holy Spirit sometimes. She'll sing in her heavenly language. And I think that the ladies were all praying, and Brittany believed that she got an interpretation of what Bev was um, saying in tongues. Isn't that incredible? That's a beautiful thing. Bev didn't know what she was saying, but God allowed... You, what? You didn't know? Oh, never mind. She knew too. <laughs> See, I didn't know that part of the story. But that's really cool. I remember one night we were praying for Ken and Bev was speaking in tongues. And I believe that God gave me a word that I spoke out over Ken. Maybe not in the way that we've always seen it function, but I felt like I had the word of what, of what she was saying. So that's how that works in tandem, because then it becomes a, a prophetic, a word of prophecy, which is for building up and, you know, and releasing um, life into someone else. And we want this functioning in the house. We don't want there to be confusion, and we want to allow all the gifts of the Spirit to function here. And so it does take us not being ignorant of them and, and seeking better understanding. Interpretation is not necessarily a translation, and it's not necessarily word for word. So sometimes someone can speak in tongues, and it can seem really long, but then the word that comes forth is really short, right? <laughs> or vice versa. It could just be a moment of tongue that comes forth, but then it's like the interpretation's like long, so those do not have to, you're like, wait a minute, that was just 36 seconds, and they've gone on for like 45, so this is not lining up. Don't have a critical spirit, people. It's <laughs> to confound the wise. The foolish things that confound the wise. Yes. Many times, if you feel a move to release um, on interpretation, you may only know the, uh, first, the first few words. I already said that. Also, just to reiterate, it does not have to come from the same person. So if I, um, and kind of like the gift of faith, like you feel it come upon you. If it's a tongue, you're going to feel that boldness kind of come upon you. And that tongue will come forth a bit more boldly and with power. In my experience, that's been my experience. It comes forth more bold and almost prominent in the atmosphere. And then typically there will sometimes be like a this silent kind of hush that comes over the room. And then as that begins to happen, if we're in a situation like that corporately, then we just need to begin to pray. And we just need to begin to listen to the Spirit of God so that we can allow the interpretation to come because we want the interpretation. The interpretation is important. It needs to come forth when there's been a tongue given. The interpretation needs to come forth because that is biblical. 
So we need that to happen. Questions, comments, do you know you got them? Okay, Joanne. Okay. Right. I think we'll have to, part of it is being in the situations and learning. Um, and a lot about the Holy Spirit is on the job training. <laughs> I mean, it really is. Um, you know, it's better caught than taught sometimes. Just being in the environment will do that because if that's not super clear in Scripture. I can tell you what it has looked like in my experience, and then other people may have other experiences, but it usually comes forth in boldness. Um, it's, it's above everything else going on that it's usually um, a, a bold tongue that comes forth. And it kind of has a sound to it, almost a rhythm. Wouldn't you all agree? Like it almost has a rhythm when it's um, a tongue with an interpretation. And then the interpretation will usually follow. Mm -hmm. I, again, I have to say that the gift is subject to the carrier because there are appropriate times and not appropriate times for that to come forth. And that's maturity to know when, when that needs to come forth. Okay? So not to squelch the spirit, but just to say that's just maturity where we... We learn when that needs to be released and then when it's not appropriate time to release that. Okay. Comments or questions? All right. So in conclusion, here's our 1 Corinthians 14. I would suggest that you read the whole chapter and don't read it in part because it will make you question things. But if you get to the very last of 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 39 and 40, it says, So, beloved friends, with all this in mind, because he has talked through the do's and don'ts and the order of how things should function and flow, he says, With all this in mind, be passionate to prophesy. And do not forbid anyone from speaking in tongues, doing all things in a beautiful and orderly manner. And that's what we need to know, right? This other is training us. It's, it's, it's teaching us to grow in our faith, to grow in our understanding, to know that, that these gifts are on the inside of us. And the Holy Spirit wants to activate those inside of us. We want to release them over the house. Prophecy brings life. It brings life. We need it. We need it to, to uh, build each other up, to, to speak life into the unbeliever, to speak life into the lost. We need those things. We need the gift of faith to stir up within us. We need to be able to, we need to be discerning of the spirits and the situations around us so that we can release words of knowledge, just like the woman at the well, and that we can then release words of wisdom over particular situations and circumstances. And we need faith to believe for miracles and healing, right? We need it all. And we need the gift of tongues because it brings boldness and equipping. And it brings with it power. 
So I'm going to give you a couple more scripture references to put in your notes section. In Acts chapter 8, 4 through 17, it says, When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that the Samaritans had accepted God's message of life, they sent Peter and John to pray over them so that they would receive the Holy Spirit. For they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus and were yet to have the Holy Spirit fall upon them. As soon as Peter and John arrived, they laid their hands on the Samaritan believers, one after, the, after another, and the Holy Spirit fell and, fill, fell and filled each one of them. Acts 9, 17. Ananias left and found the house where Saul was staying. He went inside and laid hands on him, saying, Saul, my brother, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road, has sent me to pray for you, so that you might see again and be filled to overflowing with the Holy Spirit. Acts 19, verse 6 and 7. And when Paul laid his hands on each of the twelve, the Holy Spirit manifested, and they immediately spoke in tongues and prophesied. And when Paul laid his hands on each of the twelve, the Holy Spirit manifested, and they immediately, oh, it repeated. And they immediately spoke in tongues and prophesied. Did y'all get that? What immediately happened? Which were, <laughs> Acts, so here are the, the scriptures. Acts 8. I think that's 14. 14 through 17. Acts 9, 17. Acts 19, 6 and 7. All right. Yes. Yes, I sure can. <laughs> Acts eight fourteen through 17. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that the Samaritans had accepted God's message of life, they sent Peter and John to pray over them so that they would receive the Holy Spirit. For they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So they had received one baptism. And were yet to have the Holy Spirit fall upon them. As soon as Peter and John arrived, they laid their hands on the Samaritan believers, one after, the, after another, and the Holy Spirit fell and filled each one of them. So at salvation, you receive the Holy Spirit, but there is a difference when the Holy Spirit fills you and comes upon you. And it's that activation of the Spirit, of the Holy Spirit inside of you. The fire that fell, that carries us through, that allows us to minister. Were you going to say something else, Wade? Um, the Do you need this on recorded?
Thank you, baby. <laughs> That's good stuff. All right, so um, so we have a few minutes, about 10, 10 minutes before 7, and I really believed that we should have a time of activation because we are not going to be ignorant of the things anymore, but we are, are gaining understanding. This is not full. We could spend weeks diving into each one of these. It could take us weeks to do this, and we just crammed it in in a short amount of time. Um, but I, I cannot leave this time without giving an opportunity for activation as far as laying out of hands. I like it when I see head nods this way and not this way. <laughs> so, uh, so if you are here and, and you want to be activated, and maybe you, you are now recognizing, oh, yeah, I'm already functioning in the word of, in word of knowledge. I'm already functioning in word of wisdom. I'm already seeing faith, like those moments where I feel faith rise up in me. And, um, you know, so you can begin to say, oh, yeah, that is the Holy Spirit working in me, working in me and through me to touch and to minister to other people. But, uh, but I definitely want to give opportunity for, for time of ministry and for us to pray. If, if you've been in a season where you felt like it's just gone dormant and dry and you're not experiencing the level of um, the gifts of the Spirit functioning in your life, let's pray. Let's let faith arise. Let's just let faith arise in the atmosphere and let's prophesy. Let's let the, the Word lead us and, and look for Him to move. We want to thank you for listening in today. At The Well, we believe in cultivating a culture for more of God. Wherever you are in your relationship and walk with God, we believe that there is always more for those who diligently seek after Him. If you would like to find out more, please check out our website at thewellmichigan.com and connect with us on social media.